Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It's Friday, and you know what that means. Another conversation with someone who is bringing it. And yes, today's episode is one of those. I am joined by Christina. Yes, Christina from the Card Ladder team. We had a fantastic time talking about the hobby, some behind-the-scenes Card Ladder stuff, talk about card art, women in the hobby, and of course we talk about Luca. If you like what you're hearing on the show, hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, tell me how I'm doing. Are you signed up for the weekly rip? Free. If you're not, what are you doing? Follow the link in my bio. This is a good one. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs Hobby Hustle. I am excited for this conversation. I have a member of the Card Ladder team with me today. And no, it is not Chris. No, it is not Josh. But I am joined today by Christina. And this is the first time Christina has been on Stacking Slabs. So Really excited uh, to have her. We're going to talk about a lot of different topics in the hobby that I know are near and dear to everyone's heart out there listening. But without further ado, how are you doing today, Christina? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to jump in with you today. Yeah, no, thanks for making some time. Um, I know uh, we all, it seems like everybody's running a million miles an hour. Um it seems like work life and hobby life are blurring together. And, um, I, I have to like, while I'm doing my real job, I kind of try to put my phone down and not look at the madness of what's going on in the hobby on a day-to-day basis, but uh, an hourly basis, but it's really, really difficult. Um, I guess from your seat, um, being a part of the card ladder team, being a part of a, a tech, a team that's building technology, to help support kind of the infrastructure of the hobby. Like what's, what's, what's that like on a day-to-day basis? I think a lot of people aspire to go work in the hobby and work in sports cards, but um, the card ladder team is doing it. So I'd love to know kind of on your end, what that, what that's like on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of hustle, little complaints because no one cares. <laughs> no one wants to hear it from you. Uh, we all feel very fortunate to be able to do this and to have come so far with the hobby behind us and all the support that everyone gives us. But it's a lot of no sleep and it's a lot of long hours and back and forths. And, you know, um, being an entrepreneur is not an easy task. It's not like a nine to five job. It's not something you can put your phone down and just you know, like do something that you want to do. Like even watching the Mavs games, um, you're constantly interacting with people and, you know, you might have to pause the game or watch it later <laughs> if you get to watch it. Uh, it's, it's a lot of work, but uh, at the end of the day, we're all very fortunate to be where we are. Yeah. And you mentioned people behind you. And I, I certainly feel that about what Card Ladder is doing and just the support. I think you know, just as a marketer, prof- what I do professionally, like I, obs- I love to observe 
the hobby and companies that are forming and brands that are being built. And undeniably, I think Card Ladder has a legitimate product that is filling a need, which is like check the box. It's got regular content that is valuable to its consumers, check the box. And then it's also got people behind the product that are very front and center between Josh and Chris. And you might not as be front and center on like the crossover, but with like sports card culture, you're there. Um, so I think like it's striking on all of these chords of just like what brands should be doing when they're trying to get attention, try to get noticed and try to build community. So like, I know you said sleepless nights, I know it's a grind, but like, what's it feel like on a day-to-day basis, knowing that there's like a group of people that are not only paying customers, but they're invested in the success of what Card Ladder is doing. It's going to sound super corny, but like (laughs) there are no words to describe like the overwhelming like feels that you get (laughs) Um, being in this hobby and being in the position that we found ourselves. Um, You know, this started as a research project for Chris and like then Josh came in and it became like this tech thing. And um, like the two of them, it, it was really like, it was just a, like a passion, right? Like it, it wasn't really something that we were thinking, like Chris was in law school. <laughs> like we were on a different track at, like, of life at that moment. And um, like Josh was working for uh, a big company and we were all kind of just, you know, doing the hobby as passion projects and putting out content and just enjoying being part of the community. And then all of a sudden, um, what started as like, I wonder if we could do this for Josh and Chris became a, this is our life now. And, um, and like, we've had a cross country move in the midst of a pandemic in order to like help support that dream. And, um, like we're all just kind of pinching ourselves every day that this is our life and we get to do what we like in a space that we love and that we're so passionate about. And we get to bring uh, transparency and like everything we enjoy about the hobby to anyone who wants it um, for free on our free site and then uh, more features on our pro site. And like, it's just, I mean, like I said, like, you can't like words really just don't describe where we are right now like mentally or like emotionally like it's just it's been a heck of a year not even a full year and like it's just it's been amazing that's that's awesome and I think authenticity is such an important thing in the hobby and transparency is such an important thing in the hobby and it's we all like in as individuals operate behind this like Instagram account for the most part that we're interacting with individuals with. And with that, you know, there's so many different segments of so many different people that are doing so many different things in the hobby, Um, whether it's, you know, collecting, whether it's investing, flipping, buying retail, breaking, doing whatever. Like, and I say like my, my mentality is always like the more people doing anything, that means that's good for the health of in the sustainability of the market. I think like what stands out to me with like the card ladder team and why I think 
people gravitate around what you're doing is because like people feel that passion. People know that you're in, you're in the game. It, it comes from a place of like love. And I think that's super special. And I think it was funny. Uh, I was listening to, I, I'm too, I, I'm, I'm, what the cross hour, like the crossover, I, I like when it got moved the extra hour, like I try and I, but I always inevitably fall asleep uh, in my recliner. So I end up listening to it on the podcast version, like later in the week. And I was listening to it. I think it was, it was this morning. And uh, somebody had asked Chris, like about like when he sleeps and he mentioned like, well, when people don't notice. And I was like, like that it was kind of like tongue in cheek, but like, I read it as like, like, I love that response and how he like mentioned it. And like, I've questioned that. It's like, when do these people sleep? What, what are they doing? Cause they're always going like, I'll get messages from Chris at like, you know, I'll check my phone when I wake up and it'll be at like 2am. So like, I'd love to know like the, like, what is, what is the day in the life of a, of someone who works at card ladder? Like explain like the, the process. And I'm sure it, it, it may be different from day to day, but like, talk to me about like start to finish. I think listeners would love to know. All right. Um, well, I'm not going to talk for Josh because he's not in my house. So I don't know his actual schedule. <laughs> um, but for myself, like I wake up in the morning, uh, we're in central time now. I wake up about 8 a.m., uh, start responding to people, getting uh, stories you're told on Instagram. I'm answering DMs and feedback. And then I have actually a full-time job. So um, I then sign out of Card Ladder, take off that hat. And uh, I work my full-time job. Um, and then after that, uh, during my lunch break and my 15-minute state mandatory breaks, I'm usually on Instagram answering people and talking to people. Uh, and then you know, I'm signing out for the day for my real job, my quote unquote real job, like my day job. And then uh, I'm sometimes taking a nap. <laughs> and then uh, I wake up, usually have dinner and uh, then just start grinding. And then I'm up till about 5 a.m., 5.30, uh, pass out, <laughs> not in a recliner, uh, pass out before my head hits the pillow and then start the day again incredible so talk i want to know about the um the 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 day that like the data the the daily news i i've said this but like legitimately like when i was a kid i'd wake up and i'd go down to like you know get breakfast or whatever my dad'd be like sitting at the table like reading the indianapolis star like drinking a cup of coffee like what when i like am settled before i get into my my day job I always like get my cup of coffee and instead of like, obviously we don't really use newspapers that much anymore, but I grab my phone and I'm like, first place is card ladder. I'm always looking at like the, the headlines. And I'm always looking at sales. Like, and I'm an early riser. I, I get up and by the time I'm, I get up, get, get a little workout in shower, eat breakfast. And by the time I'm doing that, it's like between like six 30 and seven 30, it's always there and updated. Like, how does that always happen? Yeah, that's a part of the grind that happens when people are sleeping. Uh, well, most of the pe most people are sleeping, right? The research team starts reviewing sales uh, about midnight-ish uh, central time. And then you're reviewing sales, adding cards throughout the day. Uh, and like everyone is working really hard. And then 
you know, those headlines have to be out so that people who are waking up on the East Coast have that and they know what's what happened yesterday in the hobby. So all sales have to be done by the time the sun is rising in the, on the East Coast. So um, it's sometimes a struggle. Like last night, there were a lot of auctions that closed, like, like a crazy amount of auctions that closed. Um, so that was, that was a long process, but you know, we get it done. And then Chris usually writes the headlines. Uh, I tried my hand a couple of times, but I'm too nerdy and I get like really into it. And then I'm like researching the player and finding out like, what could it have been that made this card like jump today or like what happened in the news? So, um, I was taking way too long. He told me, (laughs) so he took me off that for now. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't like, you know, it's just like you said, like you want to be able to check it when you wake up. So Mm -hmm. we need to be done with our day by the time you wake up. So we're usually crashing when people are waking up and then I'm rising again pretty shortly afterwards. Uh, and then uh, Chris wakes up and he just starts his day research, adding cards. Um, like I said, like, I'm not going to go into anyone else does in, in our, in our group. Cause I, I don't know, I don't have that firsthand knowledge, but I know that, you know, we're not getting much sleep over here. Well, we, we appreciate it. I, and that is, uh, for certain. And before I get completely off the card ladder topic, I got to ask, cause I'm super curious. Like I feel like by getting in and looking at the sales and the headlines every day, I start to even players in like sports that I don't even collect or that I'm not even interested in. I start to understand and have a pulse for what is happening in that market. Like baseball, for instance, like there's been like a ton of different baseball sales with Acuna and Tatis and like these players that like, I don't really watch baseball, but like, I'll see that their markets are trending up via card ladder. And then I'll see like a Fernando Tatis, like bomb in center field and on like uh, a clip on Instagram or sports center. I'll just be like, Oh, that all makes sense. And it's a full picture. And so like inevitably, like by me being a consumer and going in and just looking at the data every day, I feel like it makes me smarter in the hobby. You're like it's like that on steroids, I would imagine, as like seeing all the auctions closing, tracking, like how do you feel like as a like hobby participant that like being in the weeds and in the data, like do you feel like you know exactly what's going on or can start to anticipate trends? Like what are your thoughts there? You know, there's always something surprising happening in the hobby. I will say that. Like, so there's always something that like, I don't expect every night. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that I like definitely am able to like get out my Oracle ball and like figure <laughs> out like what's happening and like where it's going. There's not happening. Um, but it's, it's an interesting place to be. And I guess like one of my things is like, as a researcher for card ladder, I take a lot of my cues from the hobby. So um, my job is kind of to know what you guys are talking about and what you guys are looking at. And like, I say you guys, but like I'm included obviously, but um, one thing, like I'm constantly watching hobby trends that like people are talking about 
hockey. So like we're trying to add more hockey cards to like get in front of that and keep up with it. People are talking about soccer cards and we're like, okay, like, I guess we'll add some, no. Um, And then we have the submissions list uh, on Guard Ladder, which is just an amazing feature that gives us kind of a, a gauge of where our members want like to track. Mm-hmm. So um, like you can upvote, obviously, you know, but you can upvote cards in submissions and uh, we can see like where people would like us to move forward. And we try and build off that. And those are always prioritized every day. Uh, the top vote get the top vote getters so that we can uh, really deliver what our members want. But because they all vote on it, it gives us a great little pulse on what card and where the market is kind of coming to. So I always tell people, like, if you're interested in finding the trend before it becomes a topic, like a talking point, you should definitely check out submissions and seeing what cards people are wanting us to add. Because I feel like that's like a piece of data people aren't utilizing in card ladder to the fullest extent. I love that. Um, there's so many of those types of things too. If you just get in and use the the platform, it's so powerful. Um, and I love that about uh, Card Ladder. You mentioned I'd be remiss. You mentioned uh, soccer cards, and and we're not going to get deep in the weeds because I really don't have a ton of interest nor the knowledge or subject matter expertise. But I know you did do a sports card culture and. If anyone listening isn't already subscribed, definitely go subscribe to that show. Um, but there was a sports card culture that was dropped last week about the biggest flip. And there was a Diego uh, Maradona card that was, I couldn't quite believe like the results of the flip, but maybe like, maybe share with the listeners who have not listen, watched that episode, who should go watch it after they get done listening to this, but talk about that flip and uh just that to me is like a a great topic whether you like soccer cards or not that's fascinating to the hobby like you said it was the maradona uh 79 i believe uh cash torre uh which it just means soccer player uh panini card and uh it was a flip that over 15 months was the biggest profit margin we have seen in card ladder and that's all I'm going to give you <laughs> because I'm not going to try and like, like pull those numbers out because without looking it up, I would mm-hmm. not be able to. Um, but let's just say that it was a shock and awe moment for everyone in the hobby who found out about it. No doubt about it. So <laughs> that's, that's what I'm, that's what we call a teaser. I love it. Go check out the episode. Yeah. Uh, we're not sharing it over here. Um, no, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> but I think that's what you mean. Like expect the unexpected, like w- earlier when you said you like can't predict and it's so wacky and it's so insane. And it's like, for me, I feel like the, it seems to me that this time last year, everyone was coming in and there was divisions in the hobby and the people that might have been trying to make a quick buck have failed or have since left. And those people are still here, but it just seems like this collective of people that, um, that is like deeply passionate about like spending their hard earned money on collectibles is like rising to the top. And to me, it seems like the hobby is in 
the best. I know like their PSA has shut off the valve on intake and there's all these other things that are happening because of growth, but growth excites me. And it seems like the hobby is in like one of the best places it's been for, from a, a long, from in a long time. Like what, what's your perspective on that? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think we're all concerned. Um, anyone who's in the hobby currently is has some kind of concern about the growth, like the the rate of growth that we're experiencing right now and that we're seeing and the money that's coming in. And we all hope that everyone is being responsible. No one's being taken advantage of um, because that's not going to create a lifelong collector, right? Like you get, you'll get turned off if something like bad happens or you get worked over on a deal or something to that effect. Like that's not what we want. We want sustainable, healthy growth in the hobby that everyone gets to enjoy what they love and they continue to enjoy what they love doing. Um, because you're not collecting cards because you like to collect pictures of men on cardboard, right? Like this is something that's nostalgic. It's something that speaks to you. It's something that you enjoy doing with your family or your friends or your hobby friend, like, like if not real life friends, like your real life hobby friends that maybe you've never met before. And it's just, it's something that connects us and we want to continue being connected because human nature, primate nature is like, you want that sense of community and family and the hobby family needs to be strong. And like each member needs to succeed in some aspect in order for people to have a healthy healthy perspective on the hobby currently and where it's going. And um, like, I, I share the concern, right? Like I've said it like <laughs> multiple times in public. Um, like I'm concerned what some people are doing uh, in the hobby sphere. I'm concerned about some of the money that's coming in, the way that people are acting. And I hope that everyone's being responsible. I know people are trying to get that quick buck. Uh, there are those people. But hopefully, like you said, like they kind of like come in and exit out <laughs> quietly in the night and they just leave us to our pieces of cardboard. Totally. And I, I love that response. And I think every I agree, like I didn't want to make it sound and paint the picture like it's some utopia that's going to continue to grow forever and we're all going to be millionaires. Like that's insane. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice. But um, I'd love to know, like, what is your you mentioned some activities. What is your, your personal, like your deepest concern right now in what you're seeing or what's going on in the hobby? Like what, where do you like throw a red flag and you're like, uh, uh-uh, like, I don't know about that. Uh, you're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some avenues that I'm concerned about. Um, I, yeah, I, I think anyone who's ever come in contact with me is aware of where I'm concerned. Um, one of those being the, I don't want to call it the flip game, but the hype game, the hype and flip game, I guess I'll call it. Um, I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about how some characters in the hobby uh, act and portray themselves uh, as if they're on the up and up. And I won't name any names or do anything that you're going to get me in trouble for. But uh, I think we all can guess. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I share in that with you. And I agree. Yeah. And it's 
it goes back to what we were talking about, about just like authenticity. And I think it puts every individual, I think, in the position to you. You've got to really think um, like an operator in the hobby. And when you observe something like I, I think like that, honestly, like it might not work for everyone, but like I just try to be like highly skeptical with everything I come across. And it's just a personality type. Like for me, it's like really hard to earn my trust. But like once someone's earned my trust, like I, I, I'm about them, I'll promote them. Like it's like I'm 100 with them forever. But like, I just think like maybe like everybody who's on Instagram or in Clubhouse or listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos, like just like maybe be a little skeptical like first, because if you start from a place of skepticism and like work yourself back, then I think you can start to see maybe a little more clearly about what's really happening. I don't know. That's, that's what works for me. What, what's your response on that? I think that having a healthy dose of skepticism is a great thing. It definitely, like, I think anytime you deal with someone, like for the first time, you should be respectful, but you should also be skeptical. Uh, you should want to know who they know, who they talk to, who they're friends with, um, like what they collect how long they've been collecting, uh, what they started collecting. Cause oftentimes you don't start with those big grails or what you're currently collecting. It's usually a journey and a process. So, um, like, I want to get into that process with you. I want to know like everything about your hobby life and I want to share it. I don't want to just like, you know, have you pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> And be like, hey, look at this card. Um, I I actually own 100. But like, so it's like, um, okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I want to know where you've been and, and where you want to go. I, I think that's so good. Like one thing that you've mentioned that I think it's overlooked, but it's just that web of connections. And like anybody who's in the hobby has a group of connections that it's the people that like, when you are watching an auction that ends in three days that you absolutely have to have the card, you screenshot that and you send it to the person and you say, Hey, like, I love your feedback on where you think this is going to fall. I really want this card. And you start that dialogue with that person because you trust them. And then inevitably like those people refer you to other connections and it builds this like whole web of like, Oh, you know, that person yeah i've been talking with them forever like he's great and it's like then this like it forms this community and it's like these are the people who show up on friday nights the crossover and then you see those people in the chat and everyone's like getting along so like i totally like get that and i think that isn't talked about enough like people really operate in silos and i think the more maybe we can start to talk about like the people that were talking about talking with regularly and sharing information with like the more I think legitimacy will start to be built and developed. And I don't, I don't want ever anyone to be like, feel like they need to be a watchdog in the hobby. But I just think like the cream rises to the top when you have like a power in numbers in a community that's all passionate about the success of the sports card market. Oh, definitely. I couldn't have said it better. All right. Let's move over to, um, the topic of just like women in the hobby, which I think is just to me, which is exciting. It seems like there's been more of a, a movement towards like, and I don't know if it's just 
my page or whatever, but I'm seeing more females creating content. I'm seeing more females post about their cards um, showing up, which I think is great. I think this hobby just like needs a more diverse population in general and hearing different perspectives. And it's not just the same people and over and over. When I jumped back in the hobby, House Jordans was one of the first podcasts, one of the first pieces of content that I started to consume. And obviously you were on that show. So to me, it was like, oh, there's a, there's a lot of females in here and they all are uh, part, of, part of like content teams. Well, then like as I dug in and spent more time, like I started noticing less and less and now I'm seeing more and more. So like talk to me about just from your seat, like women in the hobby, like obviously you're a girl. So like, what are you seeing and like, what excites you about just some of the momentum? Oh yeah. I mean, um, there's a reason on my Instagram profile, it literally says like the girl from house of Jordans, because that's how people would refer to me, uh, in the beginning, (laughs) they like forget my name, which is so difficult since, you know, my fiance is named Chris and I'm Christina, but, um, (laughs) they would be like, Oh, the girl, like, the girl said this, or like the girl was doing that, or like the girl's collecting this. And it just made me laugh. Um, I like, I embraced it and like ran with it as a joke, but I know that there are like a lot of females in the hobby. I'm friends with a lot of them, but sometimes, sometimes women don't speak up when they're in a large group. And I'm so excited that there's this movement right now and this push to like have them speak up and give that perspective because I think they offer a valuable piece of the hobby, like stained glass as it is. Um, (laughs) Every, every like little window pane is like a different sport or set collector or uh, like play PC, like play piece player PC. Um, And I think women also like, or maybe tapestry is the better. Like I said, stained glass because I was thinking the card, but like tapestry might be the better, <laughs> the better symbolism here. Like women are deeply woven throughout the hobby. And um, I just am really enjoying hearing more of their perspective. Um, I'm right there with you. I really enjoy it. I like am part of a like women in the hobby group on Instagram and Clubhouse um, and Facebook. Like we're there. Uh, and we're not always significant others of other collectors. Uh, it just happens. That's my story, but that's not everyone's story. And, um, I'm just happy that, you know, we're hearing more of these stories and people are feeling more comfortable to share now. I love it. And yes, shout out, uh, women of the hobby on Instagram. Uh, what's, uh, what's the hand, do you know the handle off the top of your head? So we can plug it so people can follow it at women of the hobby. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Easy enough. Go follow it. And I, you're, that's a good, that's a good, yeah. uh, a good page. And, uh, it is. one of the, one of the, uh, areas that I've seen pop up and I think that's great. So shout out there. Damn. Um, she's the, she's the organizer of that page and she started it. And then I, I think like she wasn't, like the first or the only, but she's a page that people have been able to rally around and really help support and lift up. And um, she highlights female collectors, which is such a great uh, avenue for like anyone to do. So I'm really happy to support her. And I love seeing like 
where she's going and what she's doing, I definitely would recommend following. I love it. Um, yes. Uh, and just something you said too, I just don't want to gloss over, but like this curation component and just like for people in the hobby, like I know, like, obviously it's built into card ladder. My content is in card ladder every episode. And it's just like this element of like, Hey, everybody, like, doesn't need to just be about you and your page all the time and your cards. Like it's about everyone else. And like what I found it's not like, to me, it's natural. Like when I see some cool things or cool people doing stuff, like I try to share it. And so like, I don't know, I just, what are your thoughts on just like that topic of like, like curation, sharing other people's stuff? Like to me, it's like, that's what we should be doing in the hobby, but it might not be so obvious to other people. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that was an important aspect of Card Ladder when we launched. Um, it wasn't something that we had originally. Like it's something that we built out. Well, actually, I think it was originally in, but it's definitely been built out larger scale. Um, I think we called it like like staff picks or something in the beginning. And then <laughs> and like we would have to manually upload like every episode. So it was like something that we were listening to while we were working or like doing something like around the house and we would be like, oh, you got to, you got to share this, this episode because it's so good. And then, um, it turned into, like you said, like this, like library of content creators for the hobby and it's on the free site. So there's no excuse. Like we love to shout out people who are doing proactive, positive things in the hobby. And, uh, if you would like to be on the content feed, just DM me. And like, we'll talk and we'll talk about like your channel and like what you're doing and we'll try and work something out and get you in there. Like, it's not anything that anyone has to like advertise with us or anything. Like, it's just something we offer. So like, don't think that you have to like, it's not a quid pro quo kind of thing. Like, it's just a, you should, if you're looking for something to listen to, like maybe you should check this out. I love it. It's uh, I'm glad you all do that. And I think it's really important. Two topics left before we, we send this one home. One, I know, I know it's near and dear to your uh, heart, um, but just maybe like spend a second on just card art. Um, I think with the drop of the new Panini product, there has been uh, just a lot of conversation around like the photography and just like Panini and what they're doing and just like, I, I never want to get into the, like, the, I try not to be like, get into the negative side of things. I try to get into, try to be like, all right, well, if you don't like this, like, let's talk about something that you do like. So I, I would just be curious, like from you and to be a, a fan of just like card art. And I know it's like, I don't want to get into the, yeah, it's not like nineties inserts. And yes, we can all agree. Nineties inserts were badass and all this. And yes, we can say like, well, Panini doesn't really have anyone that they're competing with now. So like all these things we always hear about just like art and why it might not be where it was. I love to hear from you is like, what are like maybe some things that have come out in the past, you know, few years art related in the hobby that like gets you excited that you're like, man, this is cool. Like, I hope things get, keep pushing this way. Like, are there any particular inserts, parallels, sets, anything you want to talk about? Yes, yes, and yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, art is like my avenue in the hobby, right? Like uh, I look at every piece of like 
every card is a piece of artwork that like we get to cherish or discard and just like any art like people have feelings of like passion love hatred like these overwhelming feelings that just looking at something uh develops in, inside you so uh for one set i mean obviously project 2020 i think i talked about it a lot on house of jordans and like christina's corner like i was really excited about that um i was so happy that a card company was looking to artists and paying artists to create cards and i was happy with the hobbies reaction for the most part <laughs> I won't say totally but for the most part I was happy with like the reaction because art is supposed to make you react whether you love it or hate it um so like I was definitely down for that for that like for, so that's like the set I would say I really like from the art side another like an insert would be the net marvels the 2019 Net Marvels, which came out of Donruss basketball, um, was like one of my favorites. It was something that I saw in late 2019. I'm pretty sure it was like New Year's Eve. Uh, <laughs> I saw the Luca and I was just like, I got to have it like immediately. I was like, I got to have this. Um, I was a huge comic book nerd as a kid. So like that was just like it spoke to me. Uh, definitely swiped that up quick. And then um, one set, the one other insert that I really like would be Aurora out of Court Kings. Mm. Um, the first the first time the insert appeared was in 2015, I want to say. Might have been 2016. Uh, 2015 or 2016 of Court Kings. Um, and then for one like product that I think is underrated, undervalued, as <laughs> Josh says, uh, would be Court Kings as a whole. They really like Panini really tries to make that set look like art. Like they have can like the little dots as if it's canvas. They have brush strokes. Like there's a lot of time that's put in by the creative team at Panini to make that product different and unique. And I just love that product. Every year I'm excited for it to come out. So I would definitely say that. And if you want to know a little bit more about the creative team, shameless plug, uh, I did a Christina's Corner episode with the Panini creative team. And I really got into the weeds of like how they do what they do, what it looks like on their end. And um, like, yeah, so I would, I would definitely go hit that up on YouTube on the House of Jordans page. I remember listening to that because I had, I remember it coming out and I was like, I've never heard a conversation with people who do this in the hobby. So yes, definitely go check that out. And Core Kings has got like this sneaky uh, cult following, which I love. I love it when, I love it when you've got products that have like groups of people that really like it because it just shows like, I think future potential and it just shows different segments and it shows that it doesn't need to be all about like the base prism stuff and this and that, that like floods all of our feeds. So yeah. good shout out. I, I would be remiss. And I feel like we should go home on this topic. We talk about passion. We talk about players collecting. And I think undeniably, like we all try to buy players that we really love and we try to buy them at the right time. And then we ride the wave of momentum. I think like nobody has, uh, that I know in the hobby is 
has so much passion and excitement and impeccable timing, maybe as uh, you and uh, Chris with your kind of Luca collecting. Um, you know, I've heard the story from Chris and when he talks about it, it's, you know, incredible amount of passion. And it's just like, you know, I think the hobby people like me who don't collect Luca, who, but, but watch Luca and watch this kid progress, like are excited. And I don't even hold any uh, of his cards right now, but I'd love to know for you, like this journey you've been on as a Luca collector with, you know, great pieces. Um, what's this been like? And it's, I'm assuming it just adds fuel to the fire of your excitement of in the hobby. Oh, definitely. I mean, watching a player as you could co- like collecting a player that you can watch is something that we hadn't experienced before because we were Jordan collectors and um, you can go and watch like old games, but it's not the same. Um, definitely. Like you don't see the, the progression in the same way of like the skills that they're adding or the work that they're doing that you can see the progress of and you can, you can see the results every game. Um, and then you can like have those, like those like super highs and those super lows as the wins and the defeats come through. Um, so it's definitely been an interesting experience. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's heard like Chris's version of the story. <laughs> There's always three versions of a story, right? <laughs> His, hers, and the truth. Um, (laughs) but like, so I, I think everyone's heard his version of like how we started collecting him. And it really just started as a way to pass a road trip. Like as silly as that sounds, um, we were driving home for Christmas and we were, we had to visit his family and mine. So we were going from LA to Chicago area to Connecticut, back to Chicago, back to LA, all in like a three week span. And, uh, it was like a way for us to be like, okay, like we need something to keep our attention, like, and really like enjoy doing. So we are like, we're going to chase the 2018 Prism Luca Silver. And we stopped at, I can't even tell you how many Walmarts, hobby shops, like just everything, anywhere, Targets, like we stopped everywhere picking up blasters and megas and hobby boxes, retail, fast break. Um, like I think we even got, cho- I don't, I don't actually know if choice is out yet, but like it progressed into cho- choice as well. And we chased him and chased him literally all across the country. We did not pull that silver until like the last two hours of our drive home into LA And like anyone who makes the drive into LA, like from the desert knows it's like a very boring drive. And so uh, we had like two mega boxes left from our journey. And like I ripped one and I pulled the silver and we like started freaking out in the car. And then I was driving and like Chris opened the last mega and he opened a silver as well. And like we hit some amazing things on this journey. Like, don't get me wrong. Like on New Year's Eve, we opened a hobby box from David Adams and we had actually gone like six hours out of our way coming home from Connecticut to Chicago and went to David Adams in Buffalo <laughs> just to go to David Adams. <laughs> and um, and like I opened a hobby box and we pulled uh, orange out of 49, which is still like my heartbreak card because I ended up having to part with it. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> 
like, so we hit things, but we never hit the one that we started chasing like three weeks before, literally until we were like on the last stretch home. And it was just like such an amazing experience and just such a fun way to pass like literally a three week road trip (laughs) that you might think like, oh my God, like, yeah, three days to Chicago, one day to Connecticut, two days back to Chicago, like four days back to California. So it was like a long time. And like, it was just a great way to, to start his collect, to start our collection of him. And then we just, from that point forward, we're just like sold on him. We were just like, this is it. Like it, he represents more than just like a rookie who might do well. You now represented like an entire journey for us that like cornily like is like, oh, like <laughs> three weeks like road trip where we could have killed each other, right? Cause like think about it, like two people in a car for three like basically three weeks, like you're with that person for three weeks. Like there is no separation because you're with family and you're in the car and you're with family and you're in the car. So like it very well could have ended in like one or both of our deaths. But instead, it like brought us even closer together somehow. And uh, we brought our son, as we call him, into it as well with Luca. Yeah. So um, it was just a great time. And then, you know, we started like watching highlights on that trip. And we were just like, oh, my gosh, like this kid is something special. And then from that point forward, we never missed a game. Incredible. Um, I love hearing the other, the hers version (laughs) of the story. So that's pretty pretty good i'm glad you guys didn't die i'm yeah. glad you guys pulled the cars you were chasing man that just makes me feel like i wait i'll tell you what and i'm 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 guessing everyone maybe not everyone but people with some time on their hands who are listening to this would be happy to jump in the car and drive across the country if they could stop and get prism on each along the way it's just yeah <laughs> That's also, that's also when like hobby boxes were at like $200 and you're like, what? Like Prism hobby boxes are $200 at this store. And then we were like, okay, I'll buy one. Like, (laughs) but like, and you could like, literally we used to like, you'd go into a Walmart and there'd be like a stacked shelf and you'd be like, okay, we could only buy two mega boxes from here. The rest are left on the shelf. Like that doesn't happen now, right? So it's kind of crazy, like to think about that as well. Like where we are, what, like two and a half years later, three years later. Twenty, yeah, I can't do math. <laughs> me, me neither. <laughs> like I need, I literally need a pencil and paper in order to do math. Like I'm that person. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like from 2018 to today, so that's three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little over three years now, like three years, like, and the hobby landscape has completely changed, right? Like, we used to have to look up shops and be like, oh, there's one that's like two hours out of the way. We're going to go there though. And now they like pop up everywhere and I love it. But it's also, it's also difficult because I'm like, I want to go everywhere and I can't right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. Yes. It's, it's changed. I wish I could go. I, I'd be at the LCS every other day if if Prism hobby <laughs> boxes cost two hundred bucks. Maybe it's a good thing the prices are where they are right now. Yeah, because uh, you probably spend at least as much as they cost now. One hundred, one hundred. They're 100%. basically giving it to us. <laughs> totally, totally. 
Well, Christina, this was awesome. It was great to chat with you about what's going on at Card Ladder, Card Art, Women in the Hobby, Luca. I think we covered the gamut. Um, Definitely everyone check Christina out at Christina's PC on the gram and follow Card Ladder and everything else that's going on over there. Um, Nice chatting with you. We'll have to get you back on sooner rather than later. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Great pause in my day. Man, that was a really fun conversation with a passionate participant in the hobby. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you, Card Ladder team. Hit that subscribe button if you like what I'm doing. Leave me a review. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And I will be back next week. <laughs>